on episode five of Convergence. Trigger warning, we discuss a pretty gnarly car accident, although thankfully everyone walked away from it. And meta trigger warning, we talk quite a bit about trigger warnings. Oh, and uh, I quit working on Bramble. Okay, let's go. I've been listening to more of, of this book, uh, Thank You For Being Late, and I don't, I don't actually really know why I'm reading it, because it's just really depressing. I'm like more than halfway through it. It's not, it hasn't provided the uh, the optimists part of its subtitle yet. Yes, so you were looking for that, like, how does this not, how is this not going to suck, and you haven't found yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like a lot about climate change and how technology is causing it and not doing its job to prevent it and, and, and a bunch of other, and like way more stuff than that. And anyways, it, uh, a, a big part of it is just reinforcing this idea that I already have, which is that I want the world and I mean, obviously individual countries, but really the world to have a universal basic income and just we have enough resources. We have the systems in place. We can just make it happen. We can all just decide that that's the right thing to do because it is that everybody just has enough. And then, but then also, you know, then that cascades into more people living and living longer lives and healthier. And then an overpopulation is also a big part of this book and this pro- the problem. Like we're going to have 9 billion people by 2050, which is like less than 20 years away. And like, then, you know, if, if people stop dying and they're just going to keep making more people. And so, yeah, so actually uh, I, I strike that. I don't know what the solution is. Everything is fucked. <laughs> I think I, I, yeah, I think about the, the, the whole universal basic income thing and about, I guess what we might call welfare in general. And I don't think it's a money problem. It's an ideological problem and it's a judgment problem. I think there is so much, I mean, over here it's this class uh, that is an issue. Uh, and I think maybe it is in the States as well. I don't think the States is as class obsessed as we are. Yeah. We just label it differently, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, this, so this came up this week in that uh, the chancellor, um, the person with the with the with the money, uh, with the purse strings um, is enacting legislation that says if you have been out of work due to your disability and you've been claiming benefits as a result of that, then you if you don't engage with basically they're going to try and force you back into work and if you don't engage with it uh yeah then then you'll lose your benefits um which is a fundamental and deliberate misunderstanding of what those benefits are they're not benefits to enable you to they're not benefits tied to your productivity and that's the problem that ideologically they want to, and by they I mean you know our current government, which happens to be the, the Conservative uh, Party. They want to tie your worth as an individual or your ability to live as an individual to your ability to produce uh, to, to the GDP. And if you can't produce, if you can't add to the GDP, then you are a blight. You are a problem, and we can't, we don't want to support you. And that is an ideological issue that 
you can't make by saying you know a, a universal income because they don't want to solve that problem because there are people who believe that disabled people fundamentally are kind of just you know get in the way uh and they're just a drag basically and we want to crack on and do what we want to do and i don't think it's necessarily like on a personal level people believe that but i think on a systemic level when you get enough people who have a a shared ideology i think that's the ideology that comes out of the machine i don't think people are that cruel but they create cruel systems yeah on an individual basis a person is like oh no i want the person to be just fine uh but on a yeah on a systemic basis people are like uh yeah so i was playing yeah uh, 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 few months ago i was playing the uh the bedtime game of what would you do if you won like a million pounds and someone asked you what you were going to do with the money and you wanted to have a nice charitable answer and yes you know we can talk about cancer research and all these various things um but the where i started to go with it is how interesting would it be and it's lofty and it is maybe a bit uh earnest and maybe a bit po-faced or whatever but i really engaged with the idea of what if we could write some kind of simple book with easily easily translatable concepts that basically taught worldwide empathy from an early age and something about working without judgment, working with curiosity with people and making it, so, you know, doing the work to make it so compelling at a, like a um, neurological level, you know, using what we know about addiction, using what we know about how to make addictive things. How can we make a book that is so page turning? And so fun and interesting and engaging and, you know, perhaps it's brightly colored and, and uh, you know, and maybe there's different versions that appeal to different um, nations and the way they think that ultimately gets us to this thing of just like over a generation, can we have this fundamental understanding, this global understanding of just our fellow human and a basic compassion um, for how can we teach compassion for people we don't know? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. Let's uh, let's have one of our listeners give us a million dollars and get on that right away. I am done. Yeah, sorted. Um, so uh, you have had something of a week, my friend. I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was in, on, on Monday. had had this amazing time. Went to the symphony. Margaret and I went to the symphony. My uh, uh, my father in law is uh, a double bassist in the Oregon Symphony. And not just a bassist, but a double bassist. Yeah, double bassist. <laughs> and I don't uh, know why that's funny. Like, <laughs> he's so good at the bass, he's double. I only mention it because uh I didn't I, I everybody kept referring it to him playing the bass. Yeah, and then and then at some point it said the double bass. And I was like, Oh, what's a double bass? And I'm like, and like, oh, that's just the bass. They just call it a bass. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, there's so there's an a bass electric guitar. There's a, a bass acoustic guitar. There's uh, a double bass, and I know that as an upright bass. And like this, so this I'm like, but they all call them bass. Every all of them are called bass. And then bass is called bass. And then uh, the fish a bass is spelled bass. 
And I yep. just get so confused. So anyways, I, I, and I, I <laughs> used to know an Andy Bass who was a bass, not a bass. Oh, no. But okay. there's no way of knowing. Uh, yeah. There's no way of knowing. How, how was you supposed to know? <laughs> um, mm. But then, you know, afterwards we, uh, uh, oh, and, and then um, Margaret's mom was also there with us. And we were all watching the symphony. It was beautiful. It was uh, um, the Shakespeare uh, Midsummer Night's Dream by Nicholson, Nicholson, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself, I know, but, um, it was, it was beautiful. It was really great. And, oh yeah. And then afterwards we went for drinks with, uh, Margaret's parents and yeah, just had a great time. Oh, and then also, uh, when we drove home, we got T-boned at an intersection, uh, a, f- a few, um, a few blocks from our house. Also that, um, a car, a, tr- a pickup truck was, uh, was fleeing police in a residential area at around 50 miles an hour or more and um, sped sped through a red light uh, that we were cruising through on the green and hit the front passenger side. We spun around. (laughs) We we spun so so much that our tail end ended up hitting their car (laughs) because it it hit us and then then flipped or like fishtailed and hit them. Uh, Airbags deployed everywhere. More airbags than we knew existed. And um, oh right! So now, now is how now you know the safety features of your car. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. This car, this little Mitsubishi Mirage, this tiny little thing, uh, saved our lives. It was it was beautiful. Um, It was there was smoke everywhere. I never actually saw the other vehicle. I just heard from a a witness that it was a pickup truck. Um, But it came so fast and it was so dark at night. All I saw were was like the trail of the headlights coming towards the the intersection i'm like oh shit they're not slowing down and like slammed on my brakes um because typically when you're driving through you know people will come up fast to an intersection and then slow down right at the right at the sidewalk or at the crosswalk and uh so it just hit me like oh shit they're not slowing down and so i like got you know a couple inches or a couple feet out of braking thankfully because they they hit just in front of the passenger side door i feel like if i hadn't slowed down a little bit like it could have been a lot worse for especially margaret but for both of us um and uh yeah and then she did the uh, two seconds after the, the car stops shaking and and we just sit there for a second we hear the we hear the truck uh peel out and and drive down the road and and get away because they were still trying to flee police and um we happened to be at the border of we had the, the county line city line border and so the the other city happy valley that's chasing these police they have to stop because they're not allowed to pursue into portland and so the guy gets away <laughs> um which is just like okay well if you're gonna chase them up to the border like you just are you just trying to chase them out of your town like is that is, is this what we're at right now because like if you weren't in a high-speed pursuit then we wouldn't have gotten hit. Um, but anyways, that's, uh, that's just me continually mad at the police. Um, and then, uh, so we, uh, uh, so, so, so we, we check in with each other and we both like ask each other like five times, are you okay? Are you, I'm okay. Are you okay? <laughs> and, then, and then, uh, and, and we're, we're fine. N- no bones are protruding from our skin. We're, 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 uh, rattled, but we're, uh, alive. And so, 
Margaret bolts out of the car and gets to the drive or gets to the sidewalk because she's seen so many movies with exploding cars that she doesn't know if something's going to happen. I just think that's so adorable. It's so perfect. It's just perfect. Um, and I'm thinking, like, after after we talk about it, I was thinking, well, well, we have, like, an empty tank of gas anyway. Like, even if that was possible, which probably isn't, <laughs> they'd be just like, poof. <laughs> and and uh, and this car just runs on fumes. It's it's It was a um, a delightfully light three-cylinder engine car. And, uh, and so, it, and that's why it spun so much. And actually, I think because, like, even though it was it was tiny and had no... It had no bulk. It had no like real protection, like armor. It was so light that we spun, and like I, th- I feel like like we didn't slam our heads into the into the airbags or anything. We just kind of like twisted, and like all of our momentum kind of got shifted around, and we didn't really get banged up too much. Um, Margaret had asked like if we were driving my pickup truck instead, what how that would have been different. And I'm like, well, we probably would have stopped sooner because my brakes are better in my truck, but we would have then hit the side of the other truck more and would have probably slammed forward and not really twisted because my tires probably grip the ground more and I have more weight in my truck. And so I don't know. I think maybe we fared better in this tiny car. I'm not really sure. Anyways, um, Margaret walked away with a a, a pretty sore shoulder, um, probably a um, rotator cuff sprain, uh, and a bunch of oh, and and a bunch of bruises on her hand and where the seatbelt kind of held her in place. And for me, I had a um, a sprained ACL, which I'm still limping around on, and um, and general myalgia throughout my body, it's, uh, aches and pains. And it's, it's kind of tri- triggered a fibromyalgia flare. Like I have been getting down to just like a one out of 10 pain every day. And now it's up at like a five or a six, just cause it's just, uh, my body is trying to, to work really hard at repairing this part of my body that's hurt. And all of those organs, all those glands that are used to produce chemicals and stuff in my body are just still kind of tired they're like okay well when you're fine when you're when you're doing your self-care routine every day for three hours and you take you relax and and everything you can feel fine that's great but when you have a big sudden injury we're gonna make you hurt again (laughs) i take it you you took yourself to um a and e uh what would you call uh, urgent care yeah yeah we both went to urgent care yeah i got um they just wrapped me up in some ace bandages and and um told us to take ibuprofen but but yeah we got checked out that's uh that's the american medical system for you i think ibuprofen is probably the most prescribed drug <laughs> oh it's the wonder it's the it's the wonder drug i'm a I'm, i swear by ibuprofen absolutely <laughs> i uh I, I just deal with the pain i i'd rather um the the, the 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 things i've learned about how ibuprofen and advil and those kind of things destroy your gut microbiome i'm just like mm. I think I'm going to let my body just kind of handle this. Well, I had a conversation with, because there was a big scare, uh, or there was a story uh, a few years ago about ibuprofen and what it can do to the heart and stuff. And um, I went and saw my doctor about it. Well, I, I went, because so, I've got a mystery injury. Um, I, it's, I, one day I woke up and I was in quite a lot of pain and I couldn't really move my left shoulder 
past a certain point and it her and i was yeah all, all sorts of stuff and i still now get um i get a, a bad back and a bad shoulder when it's really cold and stuff and i never used to um but yeah i, I just got this this weird you know this weird sort of twingy injury and i i went to my uh, my gp about it um and yeah, uh, I said. He said, you know, just just take ibuprofen and this that, and the other. He was he was really good. He was like, you know, you did the right thing. This that and the other. Don't know, you know, what what it could have been, but take ibuprofen and rest up. And I was, you know, I said to him, listen, I'd, I'd heard this thing about ibuprofen, and and um, you know, there's the heart condition, the history of heart conditions in my family. I'm you know, I'm overweight and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, basically, what a lot of this stuff is, it's the same with like ibuprofen tame aspartame and a few of these other things is like you have to take them in such big quantities before you actually get to the effects that people are talking about so yes you can get these issues but you have to be popping more than the recommended dose per day and it usually ends up being quite a lot more than the recommended dose per day in order for you to see those kind of symptoms yeah because they notice those trends in rats and stuff when they give them a human-sized dose for a rat-sized body and stuff yeah so post all of that um like what was what was the and and i mean mentally not physically like what was the next day like honestly not so bad it was kind of like um it it was mostly like wow i'm so thankful to be alive like what a time to have this reminder of how fragile life is while we're trying to manifest our dream life and it's the day before thanksgiving and um, you know, we're thinking about family and, and growing our family and, and being around family. And, um, it was, it was a lot of, you know, like <clears throat> hot baths, lifting my leg and thinking about how grateful I am. That was really, um, that was really the most of it. Margaret went right back to work the next day, which was just, she, she didn't want <laughs> So it happened to us at like 11, 20, 11, 30 PM. And, um, how did you sleep? Actually, well, uh, pretty bad. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know exactly how to handle my leg yet. So I couldn't find a comfortable position. I typically actually lift, uh, sleep, uh, with my legs lifted up. Cause I've, I've had a, um, I've had two conditions, um, I have I have pots, which it, it means I have very poor circulation, especially in my limbs. And so I have giant bulging varicose veins in my legs because the blood just kind of pools down in my legs. And so I, I lift my legs up at night to help them drain back into my body. Um, and then also, uh, I fell off a ladder six years ago and, and cracked a whole bunch of bones in my feet. And so now it hurts to let my heel rest down on a bed or anything like that. Uh, so I just, I generally lift my legs. And so that helped, but I still couldn't quite find a good position for my leg. It was just really painful no matter how I, like if I held it in a position, it was fine. But as soon as I like relaxed, <laughs> then it would hurt. And so <laughs> it was kind of hard to fall asleep because then my, I would wake up as I'm relaxing. It was, it was kind of a, a bed back and forth. Um, but the next couple of days, uh, as I kind of figured out how the ACL hurts and how what position it likes and doesn't like to be in, it was a little bit better. So I've been, I've been having better sleep, but um, that first night was pretty rough. So then day two, Tuesday, I guess, uh, Margaret goes back to work, you were saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, 
it was super late at night and she was like, I don't want to call them and, and tell them I can't make it. Cause it's like, you know, I, I have to go babysit them in like nine hours because <laughs> she's a nanny. And like, I'm just like, they'll understand. We just had a massive <laughs> car accident. Like it's a, it's a nanny agency. They have other people. It'll be fine. But she was like, no, I have a duty. She's she's just an amazing trooper and and she handled it pretty well it seems um that from what I know of Margaret that that feels like that checked out. Yeah, <laughs> she has an amazing capacity to compartmentalize but like not in a super unhealthy way of like uh, not dealing with traumas although Technically, I guess this is just not dealing with the trauma, but <laughs> maybe delaying, <laughs> delaying, de- delaying the dealing with the trauma. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she has like a, f- a four and a Hi, half Margaret. day weekend. <laughs> yeah, she listens. <laughs> I love you. Uh, but yeah, and so I um I had, I did not go back to her. I cannot uh, I cannot work. Maybe maybe by Monday. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. And uh, and the car <laughs> totaled totaled immediately. Um, yeah, just uh, I, the our insurance agency has uh, an app that we use to file the claim, and just by the amount of spots on on the on the car that I touched uh, to show it where we had damaged, it's like, oh yeah, it's totaled. You know, we don't even need the the uh, estimator to come look at it, but we will anyway. <laughs> um, it was also it was a you know, it was a, a two thousand four Mitsubishi Mirage. So it's like a super cheap car and pretty old. <laughs> and it, it didn't have a ton of miles on it. It was only like 150,000 or something like that. But it, um, there's not a lot of market value in the car. There's a lot of value to us, <laughs> which is like, which is something. But now, now, you know, we, we had been talking about getting a family car, getting an electric or a hybrid you know, and so now it's like, well, universe, <laughs> this is a hard lesson, but cool. We'll take this bridge to get to the next car. <laughs> Didn't have to deliver that quite so spicily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it gets us going. It get, gets us out of a rut. We're definitely um, going to have to take some action. But so I've been looking into the Chevy Volt, which is, man, it's a nice looking car. It's a hybrid electric, uh, plug-in electric, and it's um, it can get 50 miles on electric alone. So most of our commuting would just be on electric, which would be really great. And then it can go up to 420 with the the gas engine um, uh, on just on, on one tank. That's yeah, good for the range anxiety then. Oh, oh yeah. But we, we like to take road trips. We go to Montana, we go to Washington and, and some other places and just, you know, an electric car, I, you know, I want that so bad, but the infrastructure to fast charge them is, is not super great. And, um, yeah, just the flexibility of being able to still cause a bunch of, uh, pollution out of the back of our car is really wonderful. <laughs> just i'm I'm just full my head is always full of the pros and cons of everything and i'm just like yes i'm thankful that we get to burn this uh this resource that we get from, we pull from out of the ground and cause more co2 and yes thank you for the pollution we're able to cause <laughs> that's, that's a reframing <laughs> well um Further to our discussion last week, uh, 
I um, quit Bramble. Wow, it's end of an era already. It's yeah, it's less of an era, more an error. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't an error. It was. It wasn't a mistake. I have no regrets. But uh, I would much rather end it too quickly than too late. Um, and so yeah, Saturday came around. I was uh, as you know, we, we were talking last Friday. I was so exhausted. I was really tired. Um, uh, spent too much time dancing with the universe, and so over the weekend I did nothing. Uh, I made a delicious chili con carne macaroni cheese. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, yeah. yum! Oh my god! It was. I described it on Instagram as so as food so comforting it stroked my hair and told me I got this. Mm. <laughs> it was that, that kind of level of comfort food. Um, like, I, I got the real sense that it just wanted to wrap me up and tell me how wonderful I am. Aww, um, and so yummy. I you know, watched a bit of TV and sent a difficult email to essentially the one other person who was using Bramble sort of out in the world and said, hey... Uh, let's, you know, um, let's, let's, yeah, uh, let's not. Let's find um, you a new home. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's not you, it's me. It's yeah, exactly. It's very much that. Um, it's just that really what I said last week of, of kind of realizing that there are things that need to be done and I have no inclination to do them. Um, not no inclination. That's not true. Um, there are other things I would rather be doing. And if I'm feeling that right now, um, uh, you know, and, and you know, the things that I talked about, like the fact that very few people industry wide or, or, or outside of the industry were like, yeah, this is a good idea. Um, and then it was just lovely to reflect on the things that I no longer need to care about again. Like I don't need to, I don't have to have a professional interest in what YouTube decides is a podcast or not. I don't need to care anymore. Um, I don't need to care too much about the blockchain or whether I want to do something with the blockchain, which I don't, um, or you know, various other things. I just it's it's nice not to have to care about those things again. Um and to put my stuff back to back somewhere where I know it will be safe and I know it's in really good hands. Like I, I spoke to the guys at Transistor who uh, were hosting all of my stuff before and I hadn't realized this, but I should have just asked them in the first place, like, can you just restore all my podcasts? And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're all there. Like we delete, we didn't really delete. They didn't go away. You know what I mean? We just removed them from your dashboard effectively. Like, nope, there it is. It's all still there. Um, and, uh, and so it was sort of relatively easy to, to move back. And so hopefully, uh, there's, there's no disruption, but, um, yeah, so sort of did that over the, of the weekend and, and Monday got everything, you know, back to, to where it should be. Um, and it now means that I can spend more time doing the things that really feel like, they are guided by what I want to do, guided by a bit of joy. Um, I've got a video planned, uh, a very small one. I've recorded most of it because I... So, <laughs> uh, brief uh, brief uh, sojourn over to Manifestation Corner. As a kind of a test or whatever, um, I... And it's slightly knowing, like, eh, 
I can see where the mechanics of this will work out kind of thing. Very early on, I put on my list of things to call in a um, a Bluetooth self-heating mug called an Ember mug. Mm, I've heard great things about the Ember. Yes. Um, so should any of my family or loved ones listen, um, this is not a slant on you, but I was hoping someone would get it for me for my 40th birthday and uh no one did and so that's fine and so i for whatever reason it's there's there's just something about it that's really captured my interest um about just so so the idea is uh you have you have this cup and um you can set an optimal temperature and it will keep your liquid at that temperature always and that's quite a thing it turns out uh for one thing (laughs) it means you drink less um mm, mm-hmm. you don't try to gulp it down when it's just at the right sweet spot yeah or or you don't leave it for too long and then just go oh okay well there's there's you know two-thirds of a cup or a quarter of a cup i'll just slurp it down uh while it's cold it's always at the right temperature um and so yeah there was just there's something so i don't know i couldn't couldn't quite explain why it just felt so lovely um and uh, so I'd kind of put on my list. I was like, I'm going to call in that this mug is half price in a half price sale or something. And I think I knew because it was only a couple of weeks ago. I think I knew that Black Friday was was coming up and I was like, this is not without the realms of possibility. Um, it didn't come in at half price, but it did come in at nearly two thirds off. Um, which was enough to put it under my bracket of like, because it is an expensive mug. Um, you know, it, it, it is. It, it, that's why I bought it for myself, because it's an extravagance. It's a real extravagance. It's a real luxury. Um, and so I, I yeah, I, I didn't allow it for myself, but I, I, I searched, I saw it, and it was like, yeah, okay, that's like just under 30% off. I'm going to take that as enough of a sign and I'm going to treat myself. And uh, it arrived yesterday. And so I recorded a little, uh, some segments of a little YouTube video that I'm going to put together because I think it'd be quite fun. Um, and I might see what other little creative things I can do. Um, but uh, yes, so uh, it's those kinds of things that I want to spend more time doing. You know, I want to spend more time making fun stuff and showing as a creative person, showing what that life looks like. Um, and uh so that's kind of where i that's kind of where i want to go um and uh it, it, it was so so yesterday i was having a conversation with a friend who is um an enneagram i mean as close to an expert as as i can imagine being that he's been studying it for 20 years oh wow or you know it's been in his very much his orbit and he's been you know, coaching around it and all that kind of stuff. And we had a preliminary conversation yesterday. He's got a hunch and he has this a lot that when it comes to automated tests, he thinks I've been mistyped. Okay. Okay. So he thinks I might be a three rather than a nine. That could be. Yeah. And that because the three, six, nine triad, three, six, Mm -hmm. nine, exactly. I am, um, 
six when I'm sort of strongest and that's a bit more analytical. It's the, if I remember rightly, it's the loyal skeptic. So that's, you know, getting, getting things done and being, as I say, quite analytical. And then when I'm maybe seeking comfort or under stress, I tend to go towards the more acquiescing. Let's all go along to get along. Let's make peace. I don't want to cause any disturbance. And it was a, it was really interesting the, the timing of it all because we had this conversation and I'd I'd stirred up some stuff in my WhatsApp in my family WhatsApp group that morning about this disability stuff that I was talking about earlier uh, from from our chancellor um, and I wasn't prepared to acqui- or I wasn't prepared to sort of just make peace and be conciliatory and say oh it's just me going off on one like I was standing my ground and I was kind of demanding that people engage rather than uh, humour me and. I think that's related to the fact that this week I've been I've felt really good. I've felt really positive. I've been just I like I've been getting up on the right side of the bed uh every, kind of every day and there's you know a, a really good outlook at the moment and there's I think something in that security is pulling me back uh from that nineness. Um and so uh it's interesting, you know, not that I want to cause conflict everywhere but that I may be a little bit more comfortable in sitting with that ambiguity or sitting in that, like it's just, yeah, being, being okay and sitting in that conflict for a little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, it was only a preliminary chat, but it's something that we, we may explore more because he's, he's much more of a typing interview person rather than a typing test person because yeah, the tests I've heard as well are just, they're, they're so based on your actions and not your intentions that um that that they can't accurately type you and it's what you think of yourself which is judged by how you feel about yourself at the moment and when i took the when i did the test which i think it was 18 months two years ago in a very different space than i am now and so the answers that i give will be very different and so um without you know without even knowing it and so i i'm I'm quite intrigued um and something i want to investigate more so yeah that's really cool yeah i um uh, another thing that I've heard is that you want to think about how you would react when you were 20, because that's after you've kind of, you, you've, you've fully matured as a person, but you haven't really started doing any like self work or like honing, uh, and, and, and crafting and, and getting better than your default. It's kind of just like, that's where you, that's where your default lies is the, is the idea. Yeah, I don't like. I've got my writings from when I was much younger. I, I haven't got them to hand, but I, I looked them up on um, the Wayback Machine. Very privileged, in a sense, to have because I've shat so much stuff out into the internet for so long. I can go and find it. You know, even if I'm not going to preserve it, I, it is still preserved in aspic by uh, the the people at, uh, at archive.orgs, and uh, and I thank them for it. I wish that some of the MP3s and stuff that I um shout out into the internet still existed but they don't hey um but i like myself far more now than the version i think i liked myself when i was 20 but i don't like as 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 a man in his now in his 40s i don't like that 20 uh year old person um i find you know up, up until sort of 36 37 i found him to be um i mean you know, like there's something I haven't really said much, but um I there was there was a there was a moment where I was a bad like I was a bully um on the internet. Like I I remember bullying a like a young guy. Um and it was all down to 
getting a job, feeling like I was secure, and it, it was basically tribalism. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was all over. Someone had built a crappy website, and I just, I was awful. I was horrible. I, I, I can't remember why. Uh, maybe he he was on a forum. Um, we we're both on a forum, and maybe he offered his website up for for people to criticize or something. I, I, I feel like I wouldn't have been that awful if he was just asking for feedback. It might have been that he, what it probably was, I bet you, was that he disagreed with something I'd written. And then I saw his website and then I went to town and I was, it wasn't just me. I was buoyed up by my friend, you know, my, my friends and colleagues in the office, but I was awful um, and unapologetic and, um, and I, I was a bully, like that version of me is not a good guy and i can talk about where that came from like i don't i don't hate myself from that because i can talk about where that comes from and this and you've learned from it and grown yeah absolutely and 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 the thing to learn and to grow uh or the thing that i needed to learn was that i was always safe and that's where all of that lashing out comes from is the for me at least is the sense that I wasn't safe, that I wasn't secure, that I wasn't in a place, you know, that I'd spent a long time being bullied or felt like an outcast or feeling like an outcast. And I wasn't where I was. I was safe. And I, you know, it's like the kitten that doesn't realize it's, it's in the warm and it's, and it's dry and it's safe. It keeps hissing and spitting and throwing out claws because it doesn't realize actually, you know what? Everything's okay. You don't need to be, you know, spitting um and so i can look at that person with love um and 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 uh, you know and all that kind of stuff but at the same time it's like i don't want to be that person again and so i yeah i don't know if i identify with me as at 20 but um i'm sure there's a time where i was yeah more of my authentic self and for me i think that is well see that again that's early childhood you know that that interaction on the forum that was your action and it's it's the underlying cause underneath the, the, the reason why you would lash out that you were talking about that's that's the part that you want to analyze to to determine your number and, and think about that kind of stuff so sounds like you're on the right track i'm excited to hear what uh what you guys talk about further yeah and there's there's an interesting mirroring i think in that a lot of the work that i do now is to try and help people feel safe um and i think there's an interesting kind of interplay there in that I know what it's like to be that, you know, that guy who makes people not feel safe. Um, not necessarily in a physical sense. I would hope never in a physical sense, but, um, you know, in, in that kind of intellectual space, you know, huge degrees of snobbery and, and um, elitism and all that kind of stuff. Um, that, you know, the, the, yeah, the flip side of that is the work that I do now is, uh, I don't think I'm deliberately paying penance for it, but you know, maybe there's a little bit of me that 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 is um, that that helps people go out into the world and actually make the stuff that they want to make. Um, and I I I hope that I hope that guy I hope that kid because he you know I think he was a kid I hope he's I'm sure he's fine I'm sure he shook it off. Um, it was only a few days, but you know, nerds nerds are gonna nerd, and I was that hardcore nerd for a bit. Uh, that reminds me I, I i've only had one time where i've really been bullied on the internet and it, it was uh a, a mob what, what do you call it when a whole bunch of people are, are ganging up against you like i felt like i was being canceled i had a 
I was, I was in this group, uh, XOXO and it was, it was this, uh, ultra liberal, um, conference in Portland, Oregon. And, and it was, it was in one, in one realm, really great. They just like, so wanted to be inclusive and like aware and, and, uh, they, they were trying to hit all the right buttons, but they were, but they were trying so hard that they had blinders on and they couldn't see where they were then leaving people out or, or being super blind about things because they were so focused. And, um, I, I had this, um, uh, I was working with with two other guys and we were going to make a podcast where where three people were talking across the aisle. It was going to be me as a as a leftist, um my friend who is super like kind of very knowledgeable but apolitical as kind of a centrist and uh a conservative friend who's going to be on the right side and who's going to offer a view into that. He was more libertarian than republican, but he was he was very like he's from he's from the southeast and he was just in imbued in that culture and could offer that perspective and we were going to have to try to have this common ground conversation and you know now the political culture i think that would fly a lot better but at the time in that group it was anathema to allow anybody who was remotely red, remotely Republican, remotely right wing to have any voice at all. Like they have already spoken. They don't get to speak anymore. They can't stop. And in addition to that, when I was, I was asking for feedback about this idea and how I could do it right. I wanted to do it. Like I wanted to ask the questions like, Hey, before I do this, help me do it the right way. Like how, how would any, how, how can I do this in the most respectful way? Which I think is like, how are you going to, how are you going to hammer down on a guy? How are you going to mob a guy for asking the questions on how he wants to do it right? <laughs> but anyways, that's beside the point. Oh no, I think, I think that very much is the point, but yes. <laughs> I mean, it very much is the point for sure. But <laughs> also <laughs> I use the term POC for my friend because he uh i mean that's how he's referred to himself but he's um he's not white and it didn't really matter to him in this context to share his full ethnicity with everybody but then i got told that it was super disrespectful of me to use that term to describe my friend because that's too generic of a term it's it's disrespectful because it's generic and it's it's not it's like, oh, you're just saying not white? Like, oh, great. You're, oh, wow. Be, be so proud of you have a non-white friend. You know, that kind of thing. Like, And I got torn to shreds and they moved it over onto Twitter. And like, um, I had a couple people, a, a couple of the white guys that have also been um, gang mobbed by this group that were like, yeah, dude, we feel you. You know, you did nothing wrong. But so I had a couple people that were kind of showing me that I wasn't insane. but like all these people that I had just spent a few months admiring and looking up to and, and, and trying to mold myself after because I wanted to be this good liberal, this good leftist, you know, and, and this open-minded person. And all of a sudden I'm being 
torn to shreds because I wanted to ask some questions. And also, like, I, I was getting in trouble because I was asking questions and not just looking it up myself. And I'm like, this, this is what this Slack group is for. Like, why are we in the Slack group if we're not going to ask each other questions? I don't understand at all. <laughs> and and they were just like, yeah, exactly. You don't understand. Get the F out. <laughs> just like, what in the world? And so like, uh, so it came to the point where they're going to, they're going to ban, they, they tell me, okay, yeah, yeah we, we need to ban you from this group. And I'm like, all right, just wait a sec. Um, I want to take, can, I, can you li- at least let me take screenshots of all this conversation before I go? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should, because you should learn from it. And I'm like, I sure, I certainly will. I certainly will learn from this. And so I did. And I look back on those now and man, they look insane. Those people are insane. And like, I've shown it to some other people and they're like, yeah, you did nothing wrong. This is gross. Um, and you know, I, I definitely, um, <sighs> I did my best when, when they were, when they were s- s- saying their comments, like a- a- another layer, another aspect of it was that I was being too defensive with my replies. And I was trying to like, I feel like I was pretty mild, like in my defensiveness. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you for that feedback. That's really interesting. I'll take that into account. I think you're misinterpreting what I'm trying to say. And this is kind of my message, you know, trying to be I- incredibly gracious and and effacive even and um uh, yeah it was it was it was uh a very it was a devastating time uh i abandoned the project i really disappointed my friends um and no you didn't i don't know them but no you didn't no i did we we kind of became we 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 um i mean like I, I discussed it with both of them ad nauseum and, and like they, they understand and they, they felt bad for me and, and stuff. But I also like the three of us have, have grew, grew super far apart. Like we didn't really stay in touch where we would have. And it was, it was a pretty big bummer and it was, you know, definitely instigated because of that attack. Um, but I, I, I get what you're saying as well. Like, I, yeah, they weren't upset with me. But because of my trauma from that event, I had to pull out and, um, and that was hard. And, and, you know, also going into it in general, like I was in this, I was in a, a pretty unhealthy place. I was in a very unhealthy relationship. My, I, I was in a very unhealthy place with my body. I was not nearly as loquacious and talkative as I am now. Like now I'd be more, much more able to have those conversations and be with it in the conversation to be able to counter people and bring up facts. Although now I'm completely out of politics and not, not able to have that conversation for different reasons. But I, I, I was already struggling with the idea of even being capable of doing that podcast and, and, and representing my side of the argument well enough and then getting torn to shreds just made me realize, oh, definitely, I do not have what it takes to have this conversation. And uh, so it was destroyed. And I was so, I was so excited for it too because I had, I had three things that made me outside of the fact that I, I was excited to have the conversation with my buddies. Um, I had an excellent name for the podcast in Pod We Trust. I had an excellent 
icon, like a, 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 a podcast uh, artwork for it. it. Was this? It was a quarter that that said, on the on the on the U.S. quarter. It says "In God We Trust," and I uh, photoshopped the G to a P, and it said "In God We Trust," and it looked so good. I am not a Photoshop guy, and it looked so good. I was so proud of it. And then um, uh, I started a, a Twitter account and I got like a thousand people following before we even had a, a podcast episode out. And I was just like, oh man, they're thirsty for it. Oh, this is going to be exciting. We can actually do something cool. This could take off. And then I just, I just abandoned ship because I got yelled at. So there's two things I want to uh, I, I want I'd like us to go um, to pl- two places. I'd like to go. The first place I think we have to sit with the emotion of that. And we have to sit with the feeling of that, of how cruelly that played out and how cruelly you were treated and that, that feeling. Cause listener, um, if you perhaps don't know, Brendan, um, the, the things that, that he was being, I mean, <laughs> No, you know, the, look, look, in, look into this man's heart and, and you don't see uh, someone who wants to do anything other than try and understand um, and, and bring people together and share love. Um, that was true. You know, that's always been true from, from when I've known Brendan. And the Brendan I know now is very different from the Brendan I knew then, but that's, that was still the brendan <laughs> that was still brendan um and so I, you know i really want to sit with that for a moment or not sit with it but acknowledge it and acknowledge the hurt uh and and how roughly you were treated i appreciate that and in lieu of uh any kind of real lesson i i think what this shows us is part of part of the issue is is trying to have and what is what can often be a non-linear discussion in a kind of linear format. The problem with something like Slack is that so many people can pile on while you're still talking about, you know, people can ask question two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten while you're still trying to deal with question one. And as you're doing that, they are piling on more and more and more. Um and it's all to do with, I think, and I kind of think it brings us back to the to the point right at the beginning. Is it has almost nothing to do with the issue. It has everything to do with this tribal need or this ideological need um, to 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 decide what what people are to decide their value to 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 make a judgment about a person before actually properly engaging. And I think I, I wonder whether. And these things, the, the the tools weren't as ubiquitous when this happened as they are now. But I wonder whether now an approach would be to say, okay, we've got to, we've got a choice here. Either you can continue um, piling in on me, and I'm going to leave, and and that's me done. Uh, but you can continue having a go at me if you like, or um, tomorrow at noon, I'm going to open a Zoom room. And we can actually have a conversation or, or we'll do it over Discord or we'll do it over Slack chat. And you can, we can do this one at a time where you can come to me with what you believe I said that was wrong. And I can talk to you about the thing. And, you know, it doesn't have to be defensive, but one at a time. And if you don't want to engage with that, then you actually don't want to know more. Because like you said, you don't understand, therefore you should leave. Um, 
this to me, and this was sort of the point that actually I was interested in getting into, but it was important that we address the emotional point first. There is a re, I think, a really pernicious and and corrosive and really damaging and ugly part of what has now in conservative circles been called woke culture. Uh, I think it's a bad name anyway, but when we talk about people who are nominally defenders of the downtrodden and defenders of people who were getting a raw deal, that's a noble cause. And that's one I think we all espouse, the, the, the we're all part of. But there is something really toxic in the... We can't even use the phrase... I'm just asking the question. Even using that phrase has now become a dog whistle because it's become a meme. It's become a cliche because what people think that usually precedes is, is, is someone who's going to say something awful that, I believe there are still questions in our society that don't have answers yet. And people are acting as if they do. Um, I'm not going to, list them or the ones i think because those are that's that doesn't matter because whether i've got questions about them doesn't doesn't matter um but the the fact that there are spaces where that dialogue is unwelcome and people are unwilling to engage in that discussion and just to go is that actually the case did that actually happen is this what we think is that sensible is this safe is that we those conversations are shut down in a in such a toxic way that I think that is really damaging, and that's something that I've come to realize over the last year or two two years, um, because it has nothing to do with the intent of the person. A family member uh, recently said um, uh, there was a contestant on Survivor who. Uh, goes by they them and they they were like yeah you know and and it is what it is but i'm a human and this person that i was uh speaking to was like well they can't be then because a human can only be you know and and this is someone i know is not transphobic and is you know is is like me is 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 trying to understand the gender spectrum and, and that kind of stuff but I knew that the intention of that person was not to, to not to actually claim that this was not a human being, but was a question of semantics. And so two years ago, I would have launched into a whole, how dare you, this is outrageous. You were... That wasn't the point. The point was it was a semantic issue and there was a misunderstanding in, in the semantics. Um, but there is, there is such a glee... Um, in those kinds of and, and, and trans stuff aside, like any of these communities, like you were talking about, there there is such a glee sometimes in trying to find that one thing that proves you are not a part of this tribe, and therefore we must defend our tribe. Yeah, I can write you off because you made a mistake. Yeah, or you just came in and you went, "Is that oh okay? That's you know that's interesting." Or how do I do this? And because you didn't already have the answer. That was somehow a crime. And I just, I, the more and more, and, and it's so, it's so tricky to walk this line because it then makes people think that you don't care about those issues. You absolutely do, but it's then not to a degree that it becomes so toxic. You just don't have the exposure yet to the different perspective. 
Oh, it, 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 it's, we are in a really tricky time. And, and I think we've, I've, I've got a friend who's a, I wouldn't say an anti-vaxxer, but is, is vax sceptical. Um, and because there are things, there are questions. That doesn't mean those questions are, will prove that they have right answers, but it means there are questions. And it's that simple. By saying, by simply saying, have we done the digital, are we asking the questions, does not mean anything other than, have we asked the questions? But we, we're so... Ca- anyway, you get the point. I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but it, it, it really... It, it, I find it um, oppressive and dark. I find it really dark. I find it really toxic, and I find it... Um, it's not fascist, but it is as restrictive. Um, and it is because it's about control and uh, dog whistle again, freedom of speech. You, you and I have had so many conversations about freedom of speech mm-hmm. back in my old job <laughs> and how that to us then was a dog whistle. And it still kind of is because most of the time, the people who talk about freedom of speech are in no danger of having their freedom of speech challenged because they they have all the power already. Yeah, and they just want the excuse to be able to say shitty things. Yeah. Without consequence. Absolutely. Without consequence. Exactly. This is absolutely a freedom of speech issue. <laughs> and you can't even... It's it's so knotty, and it eats in on itself. And I just... I find it fascinating, but also just so dark that's, that there are now things where I just say, I don't have an opinion on that, because it's so much easier. Rather than I have questions, rather than I agree... I say it's far safer to not have a public opinion on this because otherwise I would much, sorry, last point. I think, I think I would much rather engage with someone who disagreed with where I was politically than someone who I was politically aligned with, but had this miss interpretation or this idea of or was in that or was so tribal that you know i would rather actually i think that's it like i would rather disagree and have a conversation with someone from a different tribe than someone i thought was in the same tribe because that is so much more toxic okay i'm done i'm going to drink my very warm coffee now and and that's exactly what (laughs) that's exactly what happened to me one thing that um uh i find um relieving about our post woke culture era uh which actually i don't even this this might be outdated but this is where i left the internet we started we finally started to realize that um when a person is triggered that is on the person that's triggered not the person that triggers unless there's there somebody is actually trying to be a bully uh, unless somebody is picking a fight, that's different. But when a person is just talking and they trigger somebody, that isn't on them. Uh, that's on the person who is triggered because they have whatever issues that they haven't worked on yet. And we all have issues that we haven't worked on yet. That, that's you know that's what we're trying to do here in TBM. It's what we're trying to do in our daily lives as 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 conscientious people, conscious and conscientious. Um, work on our own traumas and not let them affect other people in our daily lives. But what happened in that Slack group was a few people got triggered. And in that, at that time, back in 2000, 
seven or eight or nine or whatever it was 2009 i think oh it's um 2019 i think 2019 yeah i don't know what time time is a flat circle to me i don't i have no idea i do the same thing i've i've lost from 2000 to 2010 like i forget that whole decade exists the 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 reason i i think it was around there is because we did a series on burnout and um so it might have been late 2018 because this topic came up in the burnout series that we were recording um and i think you were just in the process of winding it down at that point that sounds right yeah 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 but yeah, so uh, at that time, that the triggers being on the person who was triggered was not really a part of the culture yet. I think there was a couple books and a couple uh, Twitter people and a couple um, Instagram people that kind of came out and, and made a good movement on that afterwards. Um, but I'm, I'm really thankful that we're there now, like, because like I had... Uh, I, I, I kind of triggered my, this is a whole big discussion we won't get into, but I triggered my sister kind of recently and um, it's caused a big disruption in our relationship. And we had a conversation about it. And even though she was still upset with me and she's still kind of taking it out on me, she could still also understand that this was on her. And she was like, yeah, I know I have issues. I don't have time to deal with them. So I'm shutting you out is more or less how it how it came came to because she couldn't just couldn't handle me she was protecting herself in that sense that was a question mark not a, not a statement no it's it and it's true it's a, it's an absolute yes she has to protect herself. she's she doesn't have the resources and the capacity to handle both everything that she's piled on into her life and trying to um understand and empathize with her brother and uh what he's what he's about and what he's trying to do. So, you know, everybody's, everyone's at their stage in life. For, for the listener, I think again, like when, and maybe I'm being overly defensive, but when Brendan says it's on you, like not that it's your fault, but it is your responsibility, you know, because it's yourself and not, not out of some sense of duty to anyone else, but it's a sense of duty to yourself that you've got to put your own oxygen mask on. You've got to get out of that dangerous environment. You know, I'm going to put a trigger warning on this episode, probably for, for probably two, one, because of the stuff we're talking about now. Uh, and also because of you describing what happened to you this week. Uh, and I want to make sure, and it, it only occurred to me as you were talking, I know someone who was, uh, and we talked about them the last week. They're not a listener, but, you know, affected by uh, a car collision. And it is, you know, I think if someone gets triggered and has uh, has a pop at us, um, if we didn't warn them, that's one thing, you know, that's on us. If we warn them, then, yeah, it's not like that's on you and, and pointing the finger, but it's just that's it's simply the statement of that's why we put the warning in place. Yeah. Yeah. When when it's when it's knowable, when it's, a, it's guessable, that's that's a wonderful thing to do. I don't personally subscribe to the fact that that's required. And if, if there's no trigger warning, then that's on us for having a conversation and not warning people what's in the conversation personally but i also i think that's mighty respectful to to have a trigger warning and yeah i don't mean uh, like like you said about about being triggered like it's it's um not your fault for being triggered but it is your responsibility to deal with not the person who is just saying something without any intention of harming that's not on them it's it's again it's gone back to intent um uh wow we've uh we've we've um we've done it i think we solved it we sure have proud of us 
another week accomplished (laughs) ah i love our time together brendan thank you likewise thank you so much talk to you next week I saw a TikTok uh, today of a woman who'd painted her husband's, uh, like, the, the, like a den or whatever, and he he was building a bar, and he's a big Simpsons fan, and she painted this really well put together sort of mural of Moe's Tavern, and so you've got Moe and all the all the people, and it looked really good, and. I was kind of, uh, I was a bit, I felt for her because the boyfriend came down and I don't know, maybe he'd already seen it, um, but it was just like, oh, babe, that's great. And I'm like, I think it, I think it deserved more. <laughs> I think it deserved a bigger reaction. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so easy to get those characters like a little bit wrong. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's so easy to get just a little bit off, and then it's ruined. But they they looked perfect. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just knows his wife's skill so much that he's not surprised. But like it just felt a bit like, oh come on, give it a bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.